and welcome back to another episode of More Than A Mum, a podcast for busy women who want to focus on their own development and well-being as well as family life. I'm your host, Rosalyn Oxer, a mum of one, coach and personal development nerd. Each week, I share practical advice about prioritising what you care about and making time for yourself, even when it feels impossible. We talk about the highs, the lows, the frustrations that come with mum life, chronic illness and living life on your own terms. Priorities, planning, habits, it's all here, wrapped up in a great big gentle productivity bow. Ready for today's episode? Let's go. How are you doing today? I hope you're well. I'm really excited to be back. I've got a plan to be showing up every week, so hopefully you're going to hear a lot more of me. Um, And this week is a really special episode for me because it's the first time I'm talking to somebody else on here, my good friend Gemma Sands. And we voice note a lot. During the course of the last year since lockdown started, we've gone from like surface level friends, we call it, to like knowing I won't say everything about each other because sometimes stuff crops up and you're like, oh my goodness, that surprised me. But knowing so much about each other, I tell Gemma more like day-to-day stuff and some deep stuff too than I even tell my husband, I will say that. So this is like us chatting over a cuppa and this conversation started off on voice notes the night before we recorded this. I was all riled up by the end and I said, let's record a podcast on this. She really gives me a space and to be honest, truly, truly honest, about just everything and you know in a non-judgmental safe space which is what amazing friendship gives you so in this conversation we are I mean merely scratching the surface about some of these things we say a couple of times in the episode we could do a whole series of podcasts on these things we'll see (laughs) Um, but we're talking about the language we use around being selfless and selfish and what we think is useful and what we think is harmful. We get into the good girl conditioning that we're all subjected to as women and what that can result in. And we really start to pick at some of the language um, around how we fill our cup, how we give to others, and some of the things that get said about parenting, how much we love our families, and how we look after ourselves how this can tip into losing ourselves in it all. So if this sounds good, keep on listening. I really love this conversation. It's a juicy one and I hope you love it too. Hi and welcome to a very special episode because this is the first time I've got somebody on with me and I'm starting by chatting um, to one of my closest friends. So I'm hoping today is going to be a really great chat with Gemma. I often mention Gemma um, on podcast, she gets mentioned nearly every time it seems. There's always a Gemma story to tell. <laughs> so, for those people listening who don't know who you are, Gemma, do you want to introduce yourself and explain what it is you do? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, let me just say thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm very excited. Um, it's a little bit strange for me to be on this side of the conversation because often I'm 
on my own podcast. So um, yeah, I'm really glad that we're kind of having this conversation. Um, and yeah, for anyone that doesn't know me, I'm Gemma. Um, and I do a few different things. So I run a digital marketing agency for small businesses. I'm also a life and business coach for entrepreneurial women. And I have a clothing range for feminist women. But what kind of the thread that sort of weaves through all of that is really this mission to help women reclaim their autonomy and their personal power. So um, it kind of ties in a little bit, I think, with what we're talking about today. Um, and yeah, I've been doing that for about 10 years now, which feels like an insanely long time. Yeah, it's quite a while. You were talking about that on voice note, weren't we? Um, the uh, just the other day I mean we voice note a lot and that's where the idea for having you on the podcast today came from just last night and like before us recording we were going back and forwards about what it means to be selfish and to be selfless and so many different strands that left me quite riled up when I was trying to go to yeah. bed and I had to meditate for about an hour before I went to yeah. sleep um and this is something I feel as though it's cropped up a lot in our conversations lately, stuff I've seen online. And that's why I opened up the conversation on my stories and asked about how women feel about the words selfish, whether it's a good thing, whether it's a bad thing. And yeah, there just was so much coming out of it that it's, I thought it would make for an ideal chat about something on here. Because I think it's seen as a really selfish characteristic especially for women it's quite a almost like an ugly hard word would you agree yeah absolutely I think um I was thinking a little bit about that about the actual language of it and uh, it's uh, there's just so much shame and guilt wrapped up in the word selfish that I think we we almost lose the meaning of the word and it kind of takes that on instead and like you said it's it's really sort of harsh hard word um and kind of when we you know when we're sort of thinking around you know I, I was going through the questions on your story about where do you sort of rate yourself on the scale of selfish and selfless and actually neither of those words are something that I particularly wanted to identify with as in the words mm -hmm. themselves so I, I was quite aware of that as I was trying to place myself on that you know that scale um and I think that's probably true for for a lot of women I think sort of wanting to define themselves as selfish or selfless is actually quite a difficult thing and you know we, we probably all want to be somewhere in the middle but the truth is we're, we're probably closer to one end than the other but the actual language and the words themselves um, I think sort of take on different meanings sometimes. Yeah I mean you know the, the language around selfless um, a couple of people identified as being very selfless by the way on, on the questions on the stories and um, I mean there's, there's no right and wrong um, don't get me wrong um, but only a couple did and nobody was sort of saying they were more than about 60% selfish if you think of the slider sort of way across um but selfless just makes me think of losing yourself you know being less yourself not having yourself and yeah. yet it's often talked about um in relation to being a good wife a good mother you know, being that incredible support, just giving, giving, giving. And I, you know, I'll, you know, say, you know, for the purposes of this conversation, kind of put my, lay my cards on the table. I really don't think, I don't believe in that. That's not aligned for me at all. Um, and I think it can be really damaging um, to try for that, to strive for that, to try and live up to that kind of idea. Definitely, definitely. And I think, 
you know, so much of this, we, we were sort of talking about this in our voice notes last night, how much of this is so deep rooted. Um, and, you know, a lot of the kind of <clears throat> views that we have around even like our identity as women and who we should be and how we should be showing up for, you know, everyone around us for the work that we do and for ourselves, like it, it, it's all of the ideas we have around that are so deep rooted and they've just been passed down for generations that it's quite hard to even begin to know where you start to untangle some of this. Um, mm. And then that sort of, I mean, I completely agree with selfless. It feels to me like it's a word where it is about losing your sense of self. And actually what we want to be doing is regaining that sense of mm. self and working out for ourselves who we want to be as a woman, who we are as a woman, how we want to show up um, and sort of untangling from all of that kind of unconscious conditioning a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I think selfless as a word, I probably don't identify with. I probably put myself closer to that end of the scale. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of, it is a funny one. And I just think, you know, when we start to unravel some of this, we realize how, how big, you know, bigger sort of conditioning it's been. Mm -hmm. You mentioned guilt and shame, and I would say that those are definitely things that come up for me. Um, we're all shaped by our experiences. There's a reason, you know, just, just taking this selfless, selfish, you know, issue, I would definitely place myself sort of to the selfish end of the spectrum, but not, not that far past the middle, but, you know, nudging towards more selfish. But like I say, shaped by experiences of my health and having a chronic illness, living in a country away from family so even even before covid i'm not in a position to you know call up my mom or someone and say i'm not doing very well can you come and have max having a child and also I, you know who i am as a person i probably do lean towards more like being self interested and i you know that pause in my voice and like now is like oh how does that sound how does that come across but i think we can be self focused and self interested and it be a positive thing and not be self-obsession. I think these words are all kind of used interchangeably when actually they mean very different things. To be self-obsessed, not good. <laughs> to be selfish, to me, sometimes I think we have to, to be selfish. You know, when my health isn't good, when my little boy, you know, if that occurs on the same time as my little boy, he's just about to turn two, he's having one of those crazy days. I have to be selfish if you like and say to my husband right I cannot do x y and z today you're gonna have to do x and y and I'll try and do z if I can is that selfish I'm not giving and giving and giving till I've got nothing else to give so maybe some people would see that maybe circumstances mean it's not but like I say I think we're all a product of those things so yeah you said like where sort of you lie on that spectrum if you like what experiences you know what would you say has 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 made you the way you are yeah I mean I think I mean I think there's a number of I think a lot of us sort of you know as children we were sort of taught about the whole kind of concept of being a good girl and mm -hmm. that you know that just comes through in so much stuff um absolutely you know and good girls are they're nice and they're quiet and they're polite and they're kind and they never get angry you know that's that's a really bad quality mm. um and I definitely think I had a lot you know a lot of that sort of conditioning um just just from not not necessarily from my parents 
but just from society and you know sort of how the the age I am in my late 30s that's sort of what I grew up with yeah um and I think you know that whole that whole good girls thing has sort of always been there um and then I have had a few sort of so I've had an experience where I was about 14 15 and I sort of fell (laughs) into um a kind of born again Christian church and it, it, it kind of I didn't grow up in a religious family at all um I sort of got into this because a, a friend invited me to what was a, essentially like a, a Christian music festival and I loved music and you know it was a social thing it was kind of what I wanted to do um and you know sort of at that age 14 15 you're kind of trying to figure out who you are in the world a little bit you, you know you're sort of working out what it means to be a girl and a woman and you know and I was sort of doing that within this environment and this is not to say that there's anything wrong you know everybody's got their beliefs everybody's got yeah the sure. things that um you know they're they're a part of and they have their faith or whatever um but for me there was a lot of stuff that happened within that environment that really sort of shaped um my opinions and my views around sort of been a woman and then kind of around sort of the selfish selfless thing um and one in particular was that we had quite a lot of women's study groups where we looked at um particular parts of the bible that you know would go through what it means to be a woman and sort of what the the christian images and there's one in particular i think it's proverbs 31 i hadn't read it for a long time and then i i reread it last night sort of because yeah. we were having conversations um and you know this woman in this this there's a whole basically list of qualities of you know what the ideal wife Mm. should have you know and she's she's there she gets up early before everybody else to like cook for everybody she cleans she makes everybody's clothes um she's also got physical strength because she's doing physical labor she's Mm. um she's a businesswoman um and it you know there's just this it's like exhausting just reading this list it is Um, it really is it's a long list it is a long list and within it all there's this thread if you know the sort of language of it and the the kind of idea behind it is that while she's doing all of those things she's also really supporting her husband and she's Mm. really selfless and you know she does a lot of charitable stuff and she's this generous giving woman um and I sort of really grew up thinking that's what I had to Mm. be like and and you know there's a lot of shame and guilt wrapped in that sort of through my my early 20s really going into my mid 20s because of course I couldn't live up to that expectation Mm. of being that perfect woman um and at times you know I did feel really selfish because I wasn't sort of ticking off all of these qualities um and it's a lot of qualities I mean that that list is pretty much like a tick box of everything good you've got to be and everything bad you shouldn't be so I mean yeah in terms of really living up to that pretty much everyone's going to feel oh I'm not doing a good enough job by that standard at some point surely yeah absolutely and you know and this is one example in sort of the the context of you know Christianity um but this is this hierarchy has kind of always been passed down for generations and it's you know it's this idea of the the husband is the man of the house and you know has the the power and earns the money and the wife is the kind of compliant giving selfless nurturing caring one and Mm. 
it just you know when you start to think about oh I need to be like this and I need to be like this and I need to be you know and that that proverb there's one bit about it um where she takes time to make sure she looks beautiful every day as well and it you know it's just these are the standards and the things that Mm. um I sort of grew up thinking I needed to live up to Mm. and as a result of that sort of quite often um I would say I probably ended up way too far on the selfless side of things because I felt Mm. like I had to give all of myself to other Mm. people in order to please them and you know tick off all of those boxes and be the woman um which of course was always great for men (laughs) living in the patriarchal society that is amazing if you're a man if you've got a woman who can do it all from making the clothes and the bed linen that's listed to to yeah planting a vineyard bringing up kids looking yeah. beautiful while she does it and having some decent business acumen wow I mean yeah, yeah that's great <laughs> getting a great deal out of it but although times have changed so much yeah these ideas are still and like Gemma I'll just say that you know I don't have I don't have any like particularly strong faith but I would say I am um I'm agnostic. I'm interested in lots of different things. And I don't in any way have a problem with people who are religious. I think that women just deserve more than that, basically. And that we now have, like I say, times have really changed since that was written, but those elements are still part of society. It's only what it was the 60s or 70s when that conversation in Cosmo about having it all, you know, this is that's a biblical version of you can have it all like if I ever heard one and now we have so many more opportunities to show up in the way we want to to work to stay home to have children not to lots of different choices available but there's still so much guilt around those choices perhaps because we are trying to have it all or we're still working in those confines of that society that's not working for us you know whether we want to or not we're still trying to you know make it look easy you know, do the home stuff, go out to work, have children, look beautiful while doing it. And yeah, also, yeah, not not take too much, you know, make sure we're giving, 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 always focused on our families before ourselves. Yeah, 100%. And you know, that whole concept of having it all, I think, you know, technically, um, sort of, I would say our generation, you know, in their sort of late 30s, and downwards, technically yes we've got so much more opportunity than our parents or our grandparents had um to have you know all of the stuff and and you know we're definitely in no means equal to men but the balance is starting to tip more but on a social side of stuff often those choices you know you think about all of the conversations around women who at which point they choose to go back to work after they've had a child and you know everybody's judgments that come around that and so on a social scale often we can't have it all because we do have too much shame and guilt to make the decisions that are right for us you know we don't want to be judged by other people we don't want to be seen as a woman who is selfish um and I just think you know that that's what we need to start to to unravel because we're never going to be able to have all the things that we want until we can release some of that shame and some of that guilt Mm. um and there's a sort of you know to go to go from the bible to the other end of the scale and Mm -hmm. to go to like one of my favorite christmas movies the holiday um there's a line in that which i kind of it kind of registered with me before but it was only actually we watched it as part of our christmas movie club that we were doing on netflix um (laughs) and it really hit me this time around and you know Kate Winslet says 
you should be the leading lady in your own life. And mm. it really like it's it sat with me ever since we watched that. And, you know, we should be. But so often we're not. We're on the sidelines or we're behind mm. the scenes or, you know, we're just giving so much away of ourselves that we're not in the driver's seat of our own lives. And then I just that yeah. sort of has kind of sat with me. And then in two ways in a like yes yes I absolutely should be the leading lady in my own life and then it's followed up by that oh but is that really selfish yeah well first of all can I just say that I like you've created a spectrum between the bible and the holiday (laughs) so I will be using that now in life (laughs) as a way to grade things that happen um but yeah I think um like I said about the language of all you know the different sort of ways to say what I think people are trying to sort of repeat selfish by saying self-obsessed or self-centered for me like you say being the leading lady in your own life well that is self-centered in a very good way and that I am the center of my life because no matter what happens within my marriage my child growing up and going off into the world and living his life I am this is also something that comes up I think in Sex in the City Carrie talks about like being her great own greatest love story or something Um, I know we can say a lot about that character as well but I think a lot of that is about being selfish because people don't like seeing somebody a woman really living even if it's fictional really living their life for them I'm not saying all of her behavior was great but it's not about perfection Um, and yeah being self-centered centering your own self I think is a really positive thing like I say Max will grow up and have his own life but long before that I'm really conscious that I want him to see me in the same way he sees his dad and all of his male relatives every day doing things that I enjoy that make me feel good you know I'm on um, a path I mean building a business for myself that I enjoy getting it right getting it wrong figuring it out every day I don't want him to ever feel as though he was the center of my life so that if at 18 years old or older whatever moving away is like oh my god I can't believe I'm going to do that to my mum or oh what will she think you know what will mum do when I've left home I just don't know you know I want him to know that yeah he was a big he is a big part of our world but some of the language that we use I really don't like I don't resonate personally with the idea of kids being our world that's something that it said a lot he's my world he's my absolute world and I've never I've never felt that. And that's what I was saying earlier. Maybe that's just a big part of who I am to begin with before my health tanked, before I had him. Yeah, I've always leaned towards that being the main character in my own life thing. Um, And I think language is really important. I wonder whether that's, I do take things quite literally sometimes as well. So I have a tendency to be like, no, it's not literally my whole world. But I wonder when women say it, because it's really common if it's a true belief and it's maybe just me who doesn't think that way whether it's performative at all because I've never heard a man talk about their children in that way but I I don't believe men love their kids any less than mothers no no not at all and I think you know it's a funny one in in this to not go sort of on too much of a tangent because I think it could be a podcast episode in itself but you know for me I think a bit of it comes down to this kind of again this this patriarchal society and trying to reduce women to their ability to have children you know Mm. and and we sort of I've sort of spoken to you a little bit before around this around you know not I've gone through fertility issues not being able to have children Mm. um and actually 
as much as not having children was really hard the other part that was really hard was what was my identity as a woman in my 30s if I didn't have children like who what did that make me as a woman you know and that again it's that conditioning and having to unravel a lot of that and I think sometimes when I hear women say you know oh my kids are my whole world and like amazing you know they obviously love their kids they you Mm -hmm. know they're brilliant mums great but I have that same sort of like really like do you really fully believe that or is that a we're sort of conditioned to think that you know once we become a mom the rest of our life stops and our children have to become our whole world I think it is that Mm. sort of even before that though what in like you say this we we could make us we could make a whole podcast series about this alone but you know the way we celebrate women for getting engaged and getting married and having children they're the biggest celebrations that we that we have in society I mean tell me if I'm if I'm just missing something but we don't show up and celebrate women for doing things um in their businesses and in their careers and anything like the same wait there's another sex in the city episode about that isn't it Carrie Harry gets sick of um buying the presents for everybody else at the baby showers and the wedding showers and stuff bridal showers and you know she registers and gets those shoes because yeah when do we do that for for single women or yeah in a relationship married whatever not having children there's there's all this language around it and I, you know I don't resonate either with the I don't remember you know my life before I had Max I do and I really miss some of that but there's the guilt that comes with admitting that because it seems but why I, I do of course I remember my life before again it, maybe it's me being far too literal but I remember and I really miss some of that I envy people who don't have children sometimes because of, you know, choice and, you know, freedom to not at the moment in life, you know, but go where we want, when we want and do things differently. Um, But it feels as though that's something that is, yeah, something to feel guilty about, a bit of a dark secret that, oh gosh, yeah, kind of some of the stuff before Max came along was actually really good and I enjoyed it. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and even, you know we again we've spoken before about you've sort of said things along the lines of oh Max has gone down for his nap and I'm you know I'm glad to have five minutes to myself and then like not that I don't love him or anything you know it's that sort of and I used to have the same thing you know I had two stepchildren and and the moment when everybody went out of the door you know my Mm. partner went out of the door to work the kids were off to school I finished making their lunches I finished making their breakfast and the house was quiet that sometimes was my favorite moment in the whole day did it mean I didn't love those kids absolutely not but you know it it just having that time to myself but was I going to tell anybody that's how I felt no because I had Mm. so much shame around it and you know people are going to look at me and think god you must be really selfish like how can you be excited that everyone's Mm. gone out the door and you're by yourself you know it's very black and white isn't it I mean we wouldn't do that if somebody said for example I really, you know, this job I've tried really hard to get, this career I wanted to get into. Well, some parts of the job I don't like, and I'm glad when I leave work at the end of the day. You wouldn't be piling on that person, you know, at all, saying, well, you know, don't you want the job? You wanted the job. You went for the job. You know, it's, it, that's just life. There's good, there's bad, there's ups and downs. But I think there's, yeah, I think we, we act as though we expect mums to savor every moment enjoy every moment and maybe that's why we're saying it like I am I am I'm, I'm loving it all um because yeah I, I I've had to get comfortable with 
and I try not to always like my voice notes to you or otherwise say oh but I but I do love him because people know that and if we can't have a conversation around these bits are hard without always saying but I do love my child honestly um then there's a real there's a real deep problem there and it's, it's a conversation I really want to be able to have um but yeah I do catch myself still thinking some of that because there's a whole lot of guilt involved sometimes yeah I think you know I think the guilt shame and guilt I think I've said that about 10 times already but mm. you know those those two things I think just as women we carry it all the time whether whether we're a mum or not you know a lot of the time mm. if we make choices to not have children or to not get married you know the guilt and the shame is there and yeah um you know if we have children we feel guilty as mums you know uh, just it, it's just something that's so pervasive I think as women mm. and again it comes back to that there's this long list of standards that we need to live up to 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 be the perfect woman um and mm. it just you know it just it really it's tiring it's exhausting yeah and also there isn't just one way to do it you know I've I've had a conversation with a friend whose um whose view is that working mums will never have the same kind of relationship with their child as mums who don't work she's entitled to her view but that's that's not a view I hold and I my belief is that when we are happier and more fulfilled that we will show up in all areas and be happier and more fulfilled across the board so if we work and we love it ideally love it I mean not everyone loves like I was just saying every moment of every day or just like it, you know, or earn good money from it. And that gives you opportunities. All those things are really valid as well. And I thought I would really love being at home. And this is something else I'm going to talk about soon. Find it quite easy because I thought I'd be a real natural mum. And actually, it's harder than I thought it would be. And I love the days when Max is in nursery. I particularly feel confident in saying that because he loves it so much and gets so much from it. I wouldn't be saying this in the same way if he was screaming and unhappy every day. But I do. I love those. And like you said, that moment when I come back home from dropping him off and there's peace and quiet and I sit and have my coffee and no one says anything. They're really happy moments. And I think this narrow view that sometimes like we're actively told by people and like you say, otherwise we stoke up from different places. It's not showing like another generation that there are options and, you know, you can be you can be a, a selfish person some of the times and still be a really great mum. You can be selfless some of the time, but not give yourself away completely to it. Because I think it's quite common. I've heard quite often mums with school age kids reflect back and say, gosh, I was really lost in that. And it's only now I'm starting to come out of it. And if kids go to school and they're in the UK at four or five then that's four or five years, maybe longer if that was your second, you know, your last kid going into school. We could be talking more like six or seven years. And I've heard that a few times, but I've never heard anybody actively say, I feel really lost in this. I don't know whether we mums figure that out in hindsight, because it's a powerful thing, whether there's the guilt or shame of saying, I'm I'm in this and I, I'm I'm yeah, I'm a bit lost. Um whether yeah whether we just don't have the language and the ability to open up about it but it's it's a long time to feel lost and to not feel like yourself that's yeah. you know yeah, it's really, too much in my opinion yeah and when I look at, like I look at my mum and she you know she always wanted to be the stay-at-home mom spend as much time with um 
me I have a I have an older sister but there's a big age gap and she wasn't able to do that with my sisters but she always Mm. wanted to do it with me so she actually didn't um I think she started she went back to work I think when I was 15 Mm. so basically for 15 years her primary role had been Mm. you know to take care of me um and don't get me wrong I loved it like I used to do all sorts with my mom we used to bake but Mm. then it was only sort of later again when I was probably in my early 20s starting to see her figure out who she was again and find herself you know and it's been this incredible thing to sort of watch that over the last 15 you know 20 years of her actually becoming who she is you know but at that that late point in her life in a way Mm. um and it does you know on the one hand it's incredible to have watched that but it does make me feel really sad as well that you know for for 15 Mm. years of my life my mom essentially did put me at the center of her world because that's what she was taught a good mom should do um it's like putting life on pause isn't it and you know it's again you know bringing back bringing it back to the fact that men aren't expected to do that in the same way things are changing with like parental leave and things you know very different to when we were younger um but they're not expected to do that um yeah I, I I've only, I've only got Max um but I do wonder yeah about daughters and how we actively can explain our choices perhaps as we are going through them to old to older and younger children I suppose like age appropriately um so that they understand that there are choices and they don't have to make the same ones as that applies for all sorts of different things um you know not not just you know whether or not to get married and have children and where we live you know we live in Spain so we live very differently to other family members I'm sure that'll be a conversation with Max in future and he's like what are we doing here what, what's the deal how did this yeah. happen why, why are we um doing? but yeah I think a lot of us as women have, have picked up these things and there's a lot of people pleasing involved again that could be a whole other podcast but yeah not not understanding that there are other options and just because they weren't the ones that your mum chose and and your grandmother that you're still entitled to pick from like the whole deck when it comes to figuring out how you want to do things in your life the little day-to-day selfish choices but also the bigger stuff as well yeah and I think you know it comes back to you were saying earlier about you want Max to see you fulfilled and happy and Mm. um you know and it's that exact thing it comes back to sort of modeling that for for girls and boys mm. but you know yeah particularly for girls so that they realize that this you know the concept of having it all is great but if you don't ever have someone as a sort of you know as a model for that it, it you need to be able to see people making different choices and I think mm. it's important to model that and for you know for girls to sort of be able to think oh well my mom's like this but my friend's mom's like that but there's nothing you know there's no right or wrong it's just you know one works one doesn't and I work think that one can be really hard because we naturally judge people you know even if we're working on not doing it we do and the choices other people make as parents can feel as though they are a comment on our own choices even though logically I know that they're not and a lot of like especially in early motherhood I used to be very aware of like the verses you know co-sleeping versus sleeping in a car room sharing versus own room bottle feeding versus breastfeeding and it's set up as like there are two tribes and there aren't like 
I'm making a couple of choices from this column and a couple over there. And that worked for a few months. Now I'm on that side, but it's not sides. But yet some of that gets really deeply entrenched. And, you know, a lot of until well, until the last couple of generations, yeah, our generation and sort of, you know, a few years younger, most information would be passed down through your family, wouldn't it? You weren't Googling in the middle of the yeah. night on a night yeah. feed, you know, when we were born, you'd be calling your mum the next day saying, oh, I've got this problem. What do I do about it? So things were definitely being passed down, you know, generation to generation in that way. Whereas now we're, yeah, a bit more outward looking. Um, but yeah, trying to make sure that we we model having that for ourselves. But I, I think it's quite difficult with early motherhood because you are so needed in the early days to step away for more than, well, Max fed on average, like he was breastfed and two to three hours is, you know, he, that's, that's what he did between feeds. And that's between the beginning of each feed. So like by the end of a feed to the next one could be maybe an hour and a half. So, I mean, it's not very long to go out and do something unless you want to express a bottle and that takes time. And will you have the milk for the next feed? I, I, I like a lot of women just ended up staying at home because it was the easiest thing to do or taking him with me. So I don't have that time away. But at some point, which I haven't really ever done yet, we've had very little like babysitting. Obviously, the last year has not helped in that respect. Yeah. Um, yeah, at some point you need to step away. And then I think it's harder Well, for, for a few reasons. Men have always been able to pretty much if they wanted to keep things the way they were before because they're not as physically needed. And then the guilt can set in after a year or maybe six months or a year or more at what point do you as mum say right that's it I'm going away for a night with my friends I'm having a weekend away I'm having a week away society's like whoa what are you talking about you've never left your kid and you're off for a night away just because you want to don't know about that and yeah what has been normal for the dad to do perhaps is you know suddenly like are you kidding me you think you're yeah. off out yeah 100 percent. and I think you know I think that <sighs> again it, it it's shifting a little bit and you know there's a lot of conversation around um like you're saying about sort of paternal rights and things mm -hmm. now but again until those societal expectations shift you're not going to see sort of that that side of things balance out because I think it's hard for a lot of men as well as fathers to take on more of that responsibility mm -hmm. and not look sort of a certain way to you know other men in their circle mm -hmm. you know traditionally yeah men get their recognition from the work that they do the job title that they have the money that they earn mm -hmm. not from how much they support their wife or the mother of their child or mm. you know how much they care or how much they nurture but those are things that men have that and they have the desire to mm. to do that it's just it's not always accepted to be able to sort of do that so it's not where they get their social currency from yeah exactly and I think you know again mm. that that sort of is very deep rooted mm. um you know and, and this sort of, none of this is stuff that can just instantly change overnight it's yeah unraveling. as a spoiler I don't have the answer at this podcast episode I don't yeah. have like five things to do and then this isn't going to be a problem anymore just to just to say I think that talking about it and noticing it because a lot of the conversations I had on like dms after I asked those questions in my stories were about women saying yeah yeah this is what I learned and it doesn't feel good anymore and I'm figuring that out and a few people said through coaching through therapy through conversations with friends 
I'm working out what I actually need because I think that's the thing with I'm not suggesting anyone's selfish to the point of like doing whatever they want to do 100% of the time like anybody man woman anybody but women aren't even getting what they need let alone what they want half the time like that's not good enough that's another thing I've got coming up to chat about about how we prioritize children's needs and adults needs and children's wants and adults wants because our needs and wants don't get to be bottom of the pile all the time um and especially yeah for 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 women who identify as very selfless I hope that they are at least aware of those basic needs and making sure they're being met on a regular basis and not putting that under everybody making sure everyone is served and dealt with before they sit down to a half-cooked meal for example it's 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 the small stuff as well as the big stuff I think Definitely. And I think, um, you know, I think it is that awareness as well, because often we're on autopilot with a lot of this stuff and we don't even yeah. realize how much of ourselves we're giving away to other people. And, you know, mm. we we don't realize the boundaries that we do or don't hold for ourselves. And I think sometimes the the starting point is just being aware of that. You know, you, yeah. we talked earlier about um, sort of our voice messages and and sort of over you know over time it you started by sort of saying oh I've like had five minutes to myself but you know mm. but I really love Max to being so aware now that you notice it and call yourself out with that yeah. on the voice note before I, I could ever get about it yeah and just be like oh exactly. god this nonsense again yeah 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 all right okay yeah guilt be gone because we can have that conversation and yeah. I know I'm not going to be judged I think that's yeah maybe if we're talking like practically talk to the women in your life whether that's online or in real life whether in your family or not and and yeah call some of it out and and be honest and you know kind of force yourself not to say or kind of laugh about the oh I've got that impulse to say but I really love my children it's not that I don't love my husband but we can have a moment we can have a little bit of a vent about this stuff and yeah make sure everybody else's needs are being taken care of but yeah we have to prioritize ourselves I mean the language around the, the pour from an empty cup thing I saw a really great I can't I'm sorry I can't remember who it was it was shared by someone I follow but it wasn't from someone I follow so I can't mention that but the idea and I've said this before you know the kind of you can't pour from an empty cup and she was saying in this post the implication is it's only when it gets empty that you need to do something about it that's when you need to worry also keeping on pouring implies you're doing it for somebody else like my cup can just be mine thank you very much and I can keep it full because I really like feeling good and it's not about yeah pouring until you're nearly on empty and that really made me think um again it's just one of those little things that get said and you know and you can encourage it sounds like encouraging you know women to give themselves what they need but mm, yeah really made me think totally but it's like you know you think about filling a car with petrol you don't wait until mm. it's literally on fumes before you fill it up do you you fill it as I might but also <laughs> some people might yeah I I wouldn't but you know the same it's very rare that yeah. I let the battery on my phone get to the point where it dies mm. before I plug it into the charger I you yeah. know it gets to like 40 percent and I panic and plug it in and top it up and <laughs> yeah you know it it really is that sort of absolutely why does the cup have to be empty before mm. we do something about it definitely and yeah again it's that you know I think it's easy to get to that point I think it's easy to um like with anything in life it's easy to only really address it when it becomes a big Mm -hmm. issue you know 
same same in business we've talked before about sort of energy and burning out and it's easy as a business owner to only actually slow down and take time for yourself once you've got to that point of burnout and you literally Mm -hmm. can't do anything but you know slow down and take time for yourself so yeah it, it is that sometimes but yeah I think just being aware of of like where our limits are with stuff as well and mm-hmm. um what our needs are and what our boundaries are I think you know it all sort of starts there yeah I was just thinking as we sort of like you know round this up that boundaries I think are really important that it can tip so much towards selflessness being a bit of a doormat being a bit of a martyr giving 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 so long before we get to that point I think that was what my sort of encouragement would be if anyone listening to this is thinking yeah I have that tendency yeah okay what do I do about it I would say to have a think about those boundaries in small ways in small ways that you know if you find yourself you know exhausted and feeling bad for saying okay I need a bit of time to myself you know well what's what's the small action you can take you know where can you draw the line where can you ask for help around the house for example like it's the weekend now as we're recording this and yeah what little job can you hand off how can you give yourself more of what you need and you know that likability that good girl thing it's really ingrained in us but I think that by doing that in small ways showing you know it it will show you that you are still well liked and well loved by those around you even when you say no I I need to stop because I'm I'm tired I need some time to myself no I don't want to do that simply no that doesn't suit me I don't want to do that thank you yeah definitely and I think you know let's celebrate women that have strong boundaries for themselves as well you know let's stop Mm. judging women for for having boundaries and, and really celebrate that because yeah it is just it's so important and um and I think like you say it the people pleasing thing is it can be really hard and that can be really deeply ingrained and um actually one of the ways to turn that around is to start really small with those boundaries and like you said you do see that you know your life doesn't crumble if you say no to somebody and they you know there may be instances where they decide they're never going to speak to you again but it's very rare and you know you would have to ask yourself if they were people you wanted in your life but says, you know, yeah your boundary being somebody else's problem says more about them than it does yeah, about you for sure exactly um you know and actually the flip side is often true you do realize um sort of the relationships that you have with the people in your life you know you do realize actually what they think of you when they respect your boundaries back so yeah, yeah I think that's really important mm. Yeah, I think for me, this conversation's really helped me remember that we've all got different ideas about what's, you know, what's a good way to be and show up in the world as a woman or as a mom or just generally, you know, those sort of slider questions I asked, you know, the answers were all over the place. And I will look selfish to some people. I will look selfless to some people some of the time, but there isn't a right and wrong anyway. And that, you know, it really has been so... I mean, so good for me, so helpful having the conversations on Instagram, like starting that conversation off, being more honest, being more truthful about myself, talking to you about this stuff. So I plan to do a lot more of it because, yeah, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to drop, you know, even if I have to laugh about it because it creeps out sometimes, I'm going to drop that. Oh, but I, I love Max really, you know, reasoning and yeah, just going to, yeah, be a bit selfish sometimes because it feels really good <laughs> to be selfish sometimes. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. It does. It does, because we're giving ourselves what we need. So, 
you know mm. it's always going to feel like a reward when we are selfish um yeah and you know and I think yeah I just think it's super super important that we do do that as much as we as we can for sure well thank you very much for coming and chatting to me about it it's been really nice to share the conversation we started off and um, can you let people know where they can find you online if they want to yeah come and yeah well thank you I really love this it's been a great conversation um yeah so you can find me my website's gemmasands.co.uk or I am more often on Instagram um so I'm Gemma L Sands over on Instagram um Thanks again to Gemma for coming on and thank you for listening as well. I really hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Please tag me over on Instagram stories and let me know you've been listening. And if you've enjoyed the episode, then send it on to a friend who you think needs to hear this as well. I'll see you next week. Bye.